Today is the 23rd day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's wonderful to be here with you today as we gather around the global campfire for another day. Another bit of a snowy day, like we've had some snow the last week around here. It's probably going to be, I don't know, maybe gone today, maybe tomorrow at the latest. I don't know if that'll be all of our winter, but it was nice while it was here. So hopefully wherever you are, it's nice. And whether it's nice or not, welcome to the global campfire. It's nice here. It's an oasis for us to take the next step forward in our lives and in the scriptures. Our next step forward leads us back into the book of Genesis. We are learning the story of Joseph and, uh, and Jacob. Israel, Jacob's son Joseph, has become second in command in Egypt. And now Jacob is going to go see his son, who he thought was dead. Genesis chapter 46 and 47 today. Israel packed up everything he owned and traveled to Beersheba. There he offered sacrifices to his father Isaac's God. God said to Israel in a vision at night, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, I'm here. He said, I am El, your father's God. Don't be afraid to go down to Egypt because I will make a great nation of you there. I will go down to Egypt with you and I promise to bring you out again. Joseph will close your eyes when you die. Then Jacob left Beersheba. Israel's sons put their father Jacob, their children, and their wives on the wagons Pharaoh had sent to carry him. They took their livestock and their possessions that they had acquired in the land of Canaan and arrived in Egypt, Jacob and all of his children with him, his sons and grandsons, his daughters and his granddaughters, all of his descendants he brought with him to Egypt. These are the names of the Israelites who went to Egypt, including Jacob and his sons. Jacob's oldest son was Reuben. Reuben's sons were Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. Simeon's sons were Jemuel, Jamin, Oad, Jakin, Zoar, and Shaul, whose mother was a Canaanite. Levi's sons were Gershon, Koath, and Merari. Judah's sons were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. Ur and Onan both died in the land of Canaan. Perez's sons were Hezron and Hamul. Issachar's sons were Tola, Puva, Lob, and Shimron. Zebulun's sons were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. These are the sons Leah bore to Jacob in Paddan Aram. Her daughter was Dinah. All of these persons, including his sons and daughters, totaled 33. Gad's sons were Ziphion, Hagi, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, and Areli. Asher's sons were Imna, Ishba, Ishbi, Biriah, and their sister Sira. Biriah's sons were Heber and Melchiel. These are the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to his daughter Leah. She bore these to Jacob, a total of sixteen persons. The sons of Jacob's wife Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. To Joseph in the land of Egypt were born Manasseh and Ephraim. Azanath, daughter of Potipharah, priest of Heliopolis, bore them to him. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Beker, 
Ashbel, Gira, Naaman, Ehi, Rosh, Mupim, Upim, and Ard. These are Rachel's sons who were born to Jacob, a total of 14 persons. Dan's son was Husham. Naphtali's sons were Jaziel, Guni, Jazer, and Shalem. These are the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to his daughter Rachel. She bore these to Jacob, a total of seven persons. All of the persons going to Egypt with Jacob, his own children, excluding Jacob's sons' wives, totaled 66 persons. Joseph's sons born to him in Egypt were two persons. Thus, all of the persons in Jacob's household going to Egypt totaled 70. Israel had sent Judah ahead to Joseph so that Joseph could explain the way to Goshen. Then they arrived in the land of Goshen. Joseph hitched up his chariot and went to meet his father Israel in Goshen. When he arrived, he threw his arms around his neck and wept, embracing him for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, I can die now after seeing your face. You are really still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, Let me go and inform Pharaoh and tell him, My brothers and my father's household, who were in the land of Canaan, have arrived. The men are shepherds, because they own livestock. They've brought with them their flocks and herds and everything they own. When Pharaoh summons you and says, What do you do? Say, Your servants have owned livestock since we were young, both we and our ancestors, so that you will be able to settle in the land of Goshen, since Egyptians think all shepherds are beneath their dignity. Joseph went to inform Pharaoh and said, My father and brothers, with their flocks, herds, and everything they own, have come from the land of Canaan and are now in the land of Goshen. From all of his brothers, he selected five men and presented them before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph's brothers, What do you do? They said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and our ancestors. They continued, We've come to the land as immigrants because the famine is so severe in the land of Canaan that there are no more pastures for your servants' flocks. Please allow your servants to settle in the land of Goshen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since your father and brothers have arrived, the land of Egypt is available to you. Settle your father and brothers in the land's best location. Let them live in the land of Goshen. And if you know capable men among them, put them in charge of my own livestock. Joseph brought his father, Jacob, and gave him an audience with Pharaoh. Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? Jacob said to Pharaoh, I've been a traveler for 130 years. My years have been few and difficult. They don't come close to the years my ancestors lived during their travels. Jacob blessed Pharaoh and left Pharaoh's presence. Joseph settled his father and brothers and gave them property in the land of Egypt, in the best location in the land of Ramses, just as Pharaoh had ordered. Joseph provided food for his father, his brothers, and his father's entire household in proportion to the number of children. There was no food in the land because the famine was so severe. The land of Egypt and the land of Canaan dried up from the famine. Joseph collected all of the silver to be found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain, which people came to buy, 
and he deposited it in Pharaoh's treasury. The silver from the land of Egypt and from the land of Canaan had been spent, and all of the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes just because the silver is gone? Joseph said, Give me your livestock and I will give you food for your livestock if the silver is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food for the horses, flocks, cattle, and donkeys. He got them through that year with food in exchange for all of their livestock. When that year was over, they came to him the next year and said to him, We can't hide from my master that the silver is spent and that we've given the livestock to my master. All that's left for my master is our corpses and our farmland. Why should we die before your eyes, we and our farmland too? Buy us and our farms for food, and we and our farms will be under Pharaoh's control. Give us seed so that we can stay alive and not die, and so that our farmland won't become unproductive. So Joseph bought all of Egypt's farmland for Pharaoh because every Egyptian sold his field when the famine worsened. So the land became Pharaoh's. He moved the people to the cities from one end of Egypt to the other. However, he didn't buy the farmland of the priests because Pharaoh allowed the priests a subsidy, and they were able to eat from the subsidy Pharaoh gave them. Therefore, they didn't have to sell their farmland. Joseph said to the people, Since I have now purchased you and your farmland for Pharaoh, here's seed for you. Plant the seed on the land. When the crop comes in, you must give one-fifth to Pharaoh. You may keep four-fifths for yourselves, for planting fields and for feeding yourselves, those in your households and your children. The people said, You've saved our lives. If you wish, we will be Pharaoh's slaves. So Joseph made a law that still exists today. Pharaoh receives one-fifth from Egypt's farmland. Only the priest's farmland didn't become Pharaoh's. Israel lived in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen. They settled in it, had many children, and became numerous. After Jacob had lived in the land of Egypt for 17 years, and after he had lived a total of 147 years, Israel's death approached. He summoned his son Joseph and said to him, If you would be so kind, lay your hand under my thigh and be loyal and true to me. Don't bury me in Egypt. When I lie down with my fathers, carry me from Egypt and bury me in their grave. Joseph said, I will do just as you say. Israel said, Give me your word. And Joseph gave his word. Then Israel slumped down at the head of the bed. Matthew 15, 1-28 Then Pharisees and legal experts came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why are your disciples breaking the elders' rules handed down to us? They don't ritually purify their hands by washing before they eat. Jesus replied, Why do you break the command of God by keeping the rules handed down to you? For God said, Honor your father and your mother, and the person who speaks against father or mother will certainly be put to death. But you say, If you tell your father or mother, 
Everything I'm expected to contribute to you, I'm giving to God as a gift. And you don't have to honor your father. So you do away with God's law for the sake of the rules that have been handed down to you. Hypocrites. Isaiah really knew what he was talking about when he prophesied about you. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Their worship of me is empty since they teach instructions that are human rules. Jesus called the crowd near and said to them, Listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that contaminates a person in God's sight. It's what comes out of the mouth that contaminates the person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended by what you just said? Jesus replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant will be pulled up. Leave the Pharisees alone. They are blind people who are guides to blind people. But if a blind person leads another blind person, they will both fall into a ditch. Then Peter spoke up. Explain this riddle to us. Jesus said, Don't you understand yet? Don't you know that everything that goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what goes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And that's what contaminates a person in God's sight. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adultery, sexual sins, thefts, false testimonies, and insults. These contaminate a person in God's sight. But eating without washing hands doesn't contaminate in God's sight. From there, Jesus went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from those territories came out and shouted, Show mercy, son of David! My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. But he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples came and urged him, Send her away, she keeps shouting after us. Jesus replied, I've been sent only to the lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He replied, It is not good to take the children's bread and toss it to dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off their master's table. Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then her daughter was healed. Psalm 19 For the music leader, a psalm of David. Heaven is declaring God's glory. The sky is proclaiming His handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next, and one night informs another what needs to be known. Of course, there's no speech, no words. Their voices can't be heard. But their sound extends throughout the world. Their words reach the ends of the earth. God has made a tent in heaven for the sun. The sun is like a groom coming out of his honeymoon suites. Like a warrior, it thrills at running its course. It rises in one end of the sky. Its circuit is complete at the other. Nothing escapes its heat. The Lord's instruction is perfect 
reviving one's very being. The Lord's laws are faithful, making naive people wise. The Lord's regulations are right, gladdening the heart. The Lord's commands are pure, giving light to the eyes. Honoring the Lord is correct, lasting forever. The Lord's judgments are true. All of these are righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than tons of pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping off the honeycomb. No doubt about it, your servant is enlightened by them. There is great reward in keeping them. But can anyone know what they've accidentally done wrong? Clear me of any unknown sin and save your servant from willful sins. Don't let them rule me. Then I'll be completely blameless. I'll be innocent of great wrongdoing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Proverbs 4, 14 through 19. Don't go on the way of the wicked. Don't walk on the path of evil people. Avoid it. Don't turn on to it. Stay off of it and keep going. They don't sleep unless they do evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of evil and they drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like morning light that gets brighter and brighter till it is full day. The path of the wicked is like deep darkness. They don't know where they will stumble. Okay, so uh, we reached this place in Joseph's story, and we've been days and days working through the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. So we come to this place today where all the pieces are back together. The brothers have returned to their father Jacob, whose name has been changed to Israel, and they have this crazy news that Joseph is still alive. He's the second in command of Egypt. And so Jacob and his family go back on this long journey through the desert to Egypt, and God comes to Jacob promising that he is the God of his father and that he should go back to Egypt without fear, for he will be made into a great nation there. And so they do arrive in Egypt and and then Jacob is reunited with Joseph, right? Something we've been waiting for since the beginning of this story. And so it's beautiful. They embrace each other for a long time. There's tears. You can imagine just the tears, the silence. Just everybody watching this. It's beautiful. It's like Joseph has been resurrected from the dead. And there's a theme there that we see in the story of our faith. But it's... A beautiful, beautiful scene where father and son are reunited and Jacob is able to say, I'm ready to die. Like, I've I've seen your face. You are alive. I've seen it. Now I'm ready to go. And so this is how the children of Jacob, the children of Israel, come into the land of Egypt. And it's going to be 400 years before they're going to leave Egypt. And we'll move into that story as, as we continue forward. And then as we're continuing the journey through the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said 
it basically lays out and encapsulates for us how life works. And we need to pay attention. He said, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the things that come out of your mouth. Because out of the heart come those things. Out of the heart come evil thoughts. Out of the heart comes murder. Out of the heart comes adultery. Out of the heart comes sexual immorality. Out of the heart comes theft and lying. Out of the heart comes slander. These are the things that defile you, eating with your hands not washed. That's not going to defile you before God. Wow. Now, we know this. If we've been walking with Jesus at all, been around the Christian faith at all, we know this. It's inside out, not outside in. But what's the truth? Like, we're looking at the truth in the scriptures. We're looking at the truth of ourselves this year. What's the truth about that? Because if we're going to tell the truth, we spend most of our time curating our exterior life, believing that if it is in a certain condition, then we're going to be happy and we're going to be envied and blessed. People are going to look at us like we're rock star spiritual. Think about this. Jesus is saying, what comes out of your heart? That's what's going to matter before God, not what you look like on the outside. That doesn't matter. And as we watch Jesus, as we continue through the Gospels, we're going to see he continually confronts the religious leaders about their hypocrisy, that they look one way on the outside, but on the inside, they're a different way. And so we can spend our lives trying to make things look right for Facebook, for Instagram, for whatever. But if we've been at this long enough, are we getting closer? Like the more our feed looks like we have a great life, are we actually getting anywhere at all? Because it's not going to get us anywhere. None of this stuff is going to get us anywhere. It's understanding what Jesus is saying. Your life flows from within you, from your hearts. So we have to cultivate life from there. Our hearts have to belong to God. And when we know and walk with God, we know how to be intimate and walk with one another. And then we become aware that the source of life itself, the life that we're trying to look for, the source is inside of us. It's supposed to spill over into the world, not the other way around where we get all the right things and it will spill into our hearts. It's the other way around. Let's lock into that truth. Like, I know we know this is true, but is it true to the way we live? Like, is it, is it a truth we get men, give mental assent to? Or is it something that is like the way we live because it's the truth? This is how we see things. It's from within. This is what Jesus is going to keep telling us. This is what the Bible is going to keep telling us. Everything is from within, spilling outward. Nothing is outward, spilling inward. And so, Father, we invite you into that. Jesus, come. We listen to your words. We listen closely. 
it is what is within us that defiles us. So remove what is within us that is defiling. May our thoughts, words, and speech be in alignment with your goodness and your grace and mercy for us in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is own base. That's the website. That's where you find out what's going on around here. So check it out. Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. There are resources there. Everything from like coffee and tea that we roast fresh and send straight to you. Uh, to the Daily Audio Bible journals. To the different resources to look at the land of the Bible that we are reading about. Or to take deeper dives into certain topics. Just... Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop at dailyaudiobible.com or in the Daily Audio Bible app. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you humbly. Thank you humbly. The global campfire exists because we throw logs on. Thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner. Where the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, DAB family. This is Karen in Florida. I'm calling in to pray for Sean. Sean, I heard your prayer request. You were calling in for prayer about your husband. It seems that he's fallen away and turned his back on the Lord. So I just want to pray for your husband and for you right now. Lord, I just ask for your intervention in the situation. Father, only you know the depths of what is going on in Sean's husband's heart. Uh, All the hurt and the pain, Lord. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would seep into those places in his heart where there is hurt, where there is pain, where there is anger, and where there is fear. And I come against all the demonic forces coming against his mind and his soul, and we tell you that you've lost the fight. He is a child of the risen king, and you you no longer have any rights to him. We command you to release him in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do in his life. Thank you that he is born again, that he's yours that you'll never leave him or forsake him. And I also pray for Sean today that you give her faith to trust in you through these storms and that you would not let her heart grow weary, Lord. Thank you that you are ever present in our times of trouble and that you never let us go through these dark places without you, Lord, and that you are the light at the end of this tunnel ahead. We know that you have a great plan for this family and that just as you had with Joseph when he was in that dark place of his life, So we just lift this family up to you, Lord, and ask for you to just uh, give them peace, give them rest, and uh, give them hope, Lord. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Dawn Rising from Michigan, and I'm calling in with a prayer request. My friend John Sandula wants to be prayed for. He wants to be mentioned by name um, to our Lord and Savior um, for a miracle and healing against esophageal cancer. Um, He's quickly running out of options. 
um, and the doctors are saying about a year. So he wants to be lifted up to our Lord and he's asking for a miracle um, out of faith to our Lord. Uh, again, his name is John Sandula in Michigan. Thank you, family. Bye. Hello, this is SJ by the sea. I'm calling for a prayer for healing. I had um, a procedure done for um, glaucoma, it was laser procedure. And I have to go back on January 25th to get my eyes checked to make sure the procedure um, works. So I'm just praying that when I go back that my eyes are healed and I won't have to go back on the eye drop that had so many um, side effects that I just had to stop taking it and my pressure in my eyes got too high. So please just stand in agreement with me for healing. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This is Kelly from Niagara Falls, New York. Hello, family. Um, I just got done listening to um, the Daily Audio Bible. And as always, I'm so always blessed just to spend time with you and and God's Word. Um, we got news this morning that my 36-year-old son, Matthew, has bile duct cancer. We don't know anything else. We don't know what stage. We know absolutely nothing. Um, they're believing they might have caught it early, but we just don't know. But I know God knows everything. And although, as his mom, I'm scared. I'm really, really scared. I'm just asking you to stand with me and pray for my son, Matthew, as we walk through this very scary journey. Trusting and believing and hoping. And um, I know you're all there with me, so this just is comforting. So thank you.